You're listening to DraftKings Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. As we know, all players listen to our podcast. It sometimes Obviously. like blows my mind when I hear it too from anyone from like a team. They'll be like, oh, that was great on the podcast. And I'm like, oh shit, you listen? I'm like, of course you fucking listen. <laughs> I know. You all damn listen. Why wouldn't you listen? Never <laughs> better be rocking the Too Many Men merch. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Too Many Men podcast. My name is Allison Lucan, and I am, as always, joined by the style queen as evidenced by the vibes that she is giving us giving off today friends if you didn't know we also have a youtube stream there couldn't be a better time to check it out oh my god it is sarah, <laughs> it is sarah sivian sarah how are you today oh god yeah the glasses inside should tip you off to how i'm doing today but we nevertheless we persist <laughs> and we would be nothing if we did not have the excellent car driving still i've just decided you're you're the elite insider xoxo <laughs> the athletics shana goldman shana say hi hi i feel like gossip girl's coming back for free agency like i am i'm ready for this i think this is going to be a twice a year oh my and we're okay with it i think wow. we need i think i think oh, the people think would agree we, the people it's been long overdue we need some fun we need some yes. fun with this right that's right. We absolutely do. We absolutely do. You changed your hair. I like yes, it a lot. I, it's very vibrant blue you. today, people. Again, yeah, the gray if you needed more reason poorly. to check out the YouTube <laughs> channel, this is it. I, all right. Why are we? I, you're going to educate me on something. I should already know. I'm sorry. Why are we wearing the USA jersey today? Oh, um, my bestie Chris wanted to watch Ted Lasso, and he's decked out in his Belgium gear. I got him this cute Belgium reversal jacket. Um, so after this, we're watching Ted Lasso, and we want to wear soccer jerseys for it because we watch soccer together. That's cute. It's a national it's, holiday. It's a wonderful reason, okay? <laughs> this He's is a reminder has... to me never to ask questions. There we go. Okay. <laughs> it's cute. Let's it's move. an Alex Morgan jersey. We love oh, Alex Morgan. We love her. And I got this as a gift from him, so I had to wear it. Okay, so it is time. We're, here. we're ready. Let's wrap. For Sarah Sivian's very favorite segment and also the inspiration behind our newest merch which you should be checking out and buying sarah what time is it bit o news we are in bit o news friends um first we very quickly wanted to give a shout out to friend of the pod nicole shabazz who is an elite part of the game presentation team for the Seattle Kraken. Um, and courtesy of photos from other friend of the pod, Piper Shaw, Nicole Shabazz, also affectionately called Shabs, rocked out a too many men hoodie during the women in hockey night during the Seattle Kraken game on Tuesday. Uh, you can see that picture on our socials, but amazing. Just shout out to Shabs. We've got team employees wearing our shit to theme nights pro women. Is this the step we always knew that we would take, Sarah? 
Hell yeah, Shabs, of course. Now that Shane is an insider, anything's possible. We're going mainstream. <laughs> Shane, that your designs have come to life in the middle of an NHL arena. This is the person who hands the players the salmon to toss after they won the game. So just think about this. 23 NHL players walked past our gear. What say you? It's incredible. I wonder if they looked at it and they immediately were like, oh yeah, because it's a penalty. Like, I wonder what the thought process was. But then again, as we know, all players listen to our podcast. It sometimes like, blows my mind when I hear it too from anyone from like a team. They'll be like, oh, that was great on the podcast. And I'm like, oh shit, you listen? I'm like, of course you fucking listen. <laughs> I know. You all damn listen. Why wouldn't you listen? Never <laughs> better be rocking their Too Many Men merch. I was walking up to one of our sets at the arena. Did I tell you guys this story? And someone comes up no. to me and she's like, are, are you who I think you are? And I was like, I don't know. Who do you think I am? And I was preparing for her to say the person on TV. And she said, my husband listens to your podcast. So, <laughs> oh my go. god, That's the icon, the star of Too Many <laughs> Men. Love one man. acceptable man. <laughs> All right. Well, shout out, Shabs. We love you. Uh, keep rocking it. Keep being amazing. This, she's one of the most incredible people there is. And um, I will say selfishly that we at the Kraken are very, very, very lucky to have her. Um, in other women's news, oh, hey, happy International Women's Month, my friends. Thanks, girly yeah, pop. Thanks. <laughs> But can we just like, it's cute that everyone wants to celebrate the day and like wants to make their little Twitter list. But like, it's a month. It's a month. It's a month. Well, there was the day yesterday. I know. I know. There was a day. Like, I have such a bad attitude about it. I'm like, don't tag me in anything. Give me $5 and get out of my face. Yeah, I love your your thoughts. I love your work. There's 364 other days of the year. I mean, Rich was really funny with it there yesterday. I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't finish the dishes. And he just looks at me and goes, it's International Women's Day. You shouldn't do them today. You always have tomorrow. And I'm like, it's a month. It is a month. You get the oh month God. off. Oh, my God. Uh, well, yeah, perhaps timed to be during International Women's Month, uh, perhaps timed to be on the actual exact day, as Shane already mentioned. Um, it was announced yesterday, and I'm reading a tweet from Ian Kennedy, Breaking, the Professional Hockey Writers Association, also known as the PHWA, is set to establish a women's chapter and increase partnerships with professional women's hockey leagues in the very near future to better support the growth of women's hockey. More to come. So for those of you who don't know what that is, that is basically a writer's union um, for hockey. And they are now saying it's it's historically been geographically based, although that has primarily centered around NHL work, obviously. So this is basically saying we're going to have a dedicated chapter to the women's game, which in theory, helps negotiate and uphold access, uh, rules of engagement for the media and making sure that stories get told and also that writers can get access to tell the stories that they want to tell. Um, We all were talking about this last night and there's some good, but then also some interesting in this news. I think we're all excited that this is happening, that this opportunity is coming, but my God, and we love you, Ian, this is not about Ian, but can a woman for once break our own goddamn news? Sarah, what was your reaction? I know that was kind of grinding my gears yesterday, but I guess he has been really good at reporting on women's hockey and women's dealings. And I'm sure there are going to be women on the board. So let me see that first and then I will be happy about that. But yeah, it was just kind of like, come on. (laughs) But we like Ian. We like Ian. We do like Ian, but it's just, it's just like the more I thought about it, even after we were talking, like, yeah, again, like, just let a woman 
break it or let the cha- the chapter chair who is arguably going to be a journalist. We think we know who it is and we're pretty excited, but we can't yes. break that till it's official. Um, but let a woman break the news. The woman is valuable and valid enough to break the news or be it another woman. Like we don't need the men to grant us the authority or the power or the spotlight. And again, I'm with you, Sarah. Ian's great. This is not about Ian. Ian, please hear that. If you're, well, of course you're listening. Of course you're Um, listening. Thank you for what you do. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for what you do. This is not, not, not about Ian, but I just would love to see women's voices celebrate women's news. Shana, what was your take? I don't know. I, I feel like it's very salty today. I feel like I'm very salty today. <laughs> Let's go. So I'm going to apologize in advance. It's just like, I feel like sometimes too, it's like, here, pat on the back. We're doing something good. We finally have a women's hockey division. And it's like, first of all, what the fuck took you so long? Like as much as you can cheer that we have it now, and I think it's great and wonderful that it is there now, it, it could have been there a very long time ago. And... It's not like, oh, it's brand new leadership from top to bottom who's coming in with sweeping changes because that's a different conversation. If I just feel like this, there, it could have been done already. And there's a way to include more women, the self pat on the back of like on International Women's Day. Like there are 364 other days of the year to care about women and women's hockey. Like I am just so tired of it being like, well, today we're going to give a shit. And today we did something good for women. Like we don't fucking need anyone to do anything for us because as you can notice, women's hockey has been going on for a while and the journalists have been doing the most. And most of them don't even do this full time because it's not there because there isn't the support. And if you wanted to change that, you could change it sooner and like just elevate it so it becomes more mainstream than it is now and to support the journalists who have been grinding away like I want to see that so just when it's like for the first time ever we have this great why didn't you have it sooner and I know that's not the answer because it's like oh we can't do anything good enough but like for this no one has done anything good enough and everybody is so proud of like here take a little piece of of rice this is what you get rice I don't know what you say. There's some rice. I couldn't think of what's what's like a bread, a, a little piece of bread, like a crumb, a crumb, Shana. A crumb. Shane, we need a list I of Shana's could... idioms. I could. I literally felt my brain just scramble to go. It's what is the food? I meant a little piece of bread. Like think of Aladdin with the little piece of bread. Shana, is like it's the little called baguette. a crumb. It's called a crumb. I don't want That's a crumb. I want either a sliver of rice or a little piece of bread. Fuck your crumbs. Like okay, I said, good. I feel uh, salty yes. today. <laughs> I feel salty I need all some the rice days. Rice to neutralize that salt. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Well, anyway, so we're excited to uh, see this uh, come to be. Uh, We would love to see it sooner. And hey, guys, if it is, in fact, who we think it's going to be, I think uh, maybe we'll see if they can spare a few minutes to come on the pod because we always like to celebrate that. Uh, More bits o news. Um, Not friend of the pod, Tony (laughs) D'Angelo, was suspended for two games um, for basically spearing an opponent in the balls. Uh, Shana, do you want to walk us through this? And can we make sense of why Tony D gets two games, but true friend of the pod, Keandre Miller, gets three games for spitting? Your thoughts? I I think it's just the precedent of the spit. <laughs> and it's Hathaway's fucking fault for spitting on Cabranson and setting that bar. I would say that spearing someone definitely is um, more suspendable you should get a longer suspension for it and it's so weird the precedents that are set but like he did it to Corey Perry I guess the what we can all take solace in is the fact that he did get some punishment on the ice so though it's only two games the lightning literally raced 
to react to him. It was they like were like ripping. <laughs> and they were no. like, move, I want him first. I Protect feel like the penis. Protect the penis. <laughs> But I've never seen that happen where so many players were all in on one player. Usually you see like everyone break off in pairs and the rest of the flyers are like, no, <laughs> you can have him. I feel like with Tony, everything happens at once. Like he started chirping. Uh, he returned to Instagram to fight fans again and was talking about he was oh, defending boy. Chuck Fletcher's moves. Of course, that's right. Buddy Brendan Lemieux here and they're like posting on their Instagram stories. Lemieux D'Angelo 2024. I can't think of anything worse. But it was, it's the same as New York though. He did this. It was like, he's on his best behavior. And it's like, well, now he's back on Instagram and now he's tweeting and now he's getting in trouble on the ice. And now he's getting scratched because he doesn't have discipline. Like it just, it all fucking waterfalls. Is that the right term? Sometimes I feel like I'm him. Yes. I feel like I'm him on the other side of the spectrum. And once you get going, you can't stop. So uh, good luck with that, Philadelphia. But he was supposed to return to Raleigh. Their next game is Canes Lightning. So interesting. He started uh-huh. like amping it back up before the Canes game. Like maybe he was nervous. Was he scared? Now he's going to be in the press box. Oh, he can see all his favorite people. It'll be great. He'll love Not it. Not me. There. He's going to be like, where is my bestie Sarah? <laughs> obviously, obviously. Um, so yes. Yeah, so Tony D'Angelo um, is going to sit for a little bit. Um, it was news. We talked about it. Hooray. The next topic we want to just touch on quickly because there's there's a lot to this and it unfolded in an interesting way um, that unfortunately I think affects the uh, truth. Di- the, <laughs> I wish, Sorry. I wish, I wish um, that affects the the true dialogue of it. But a video was put out um, of Mike Harrington, who's a, a writer in the Buffalo market, uh, basically shooing away a child who was there for um, the kids day. Um, as many people know, teams will do this where they have children who are selected, shadow some of the key roles within organizations, be that a PA announcer, a play-by-play, a ringside reporter, um, or a journalist. Um, and the child was encouraged to walk up and then was shooed away by Mike Harrington. It later came out that uh, the child, first of all, that the video was from a couple years ago, that it wasn't recent, even though that is when it was put out. And then a former member of the uh, Sabres PR staff came out to clarify um, that it was to protect the child from what was a very tense scrum with a player. However, then the narrative builds in that a person responded who says that uh, it is the parent of that child um, saying, that's actually my daughter. I can provide context. The night before the Sabres had blown a three or four goal lead, I was bummed because I knew it was going to change the temperature of the room the next morning when we were there. After the video cuts, the staffer called Harrington out for it. He doubled down, said he needed to hold them responsible. He went on to ask Risto why he had the worst plus minus in the league and how that is the reason the team is losing and whether that was acceptable. The child was eight at the time and was nervous and tentative. This definitely didn't help, but everyone else was so great that it turned out being a great experience for her. It's just a shame that he couldn't set a good example for her or at least be a decent human being. And again, that is someone who claims to be the parent of the little girl involved. Sarah, you said you had some uh, maybe not so mainstream takes on this. What was your reaction to this narrative in, in I just general? Think when it came out too, I only quote tweeted it with like a question mark because I felt like there was a little bit more to the story that maybe we didn't know. And I do think sometimes it's a lesson. And I mean, obviously the parents said they're not really happy with the way he went about it. And when you look at the body language and stuff, um, he looks like there's a lot of like awkward guys that cover this league and 
I'm not saying he's, I don't know him, but like, it looked like maybe an awkward guy to me, at least like trying to shoo somebody away. And I can see how that comes off really poorly. But like with the information we've received now, I don't know, just sometimes people I feel like just aren't at all open to the idea that their original take on something could be wrong with, I just think we need to be perceptive of more information. But with that being said, he could have gone about that so much better. And I'm just, just dying laughing about him asking why um, you have the worst plus minus in the league. Like, that's just funny. But I don't know. Like, I go back and forth because I know, like, don't shoo away a kid like that. Like, explain what's going on. It's not that fucking serious. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. it, it's serious that you don't want the kid to be exposed to the language. And that's fair. But like, don't like sometimes these guys just take themselves so seriously. Yeah, and I I did uh, leave out this piece, which would be a very important part of the narrative, which is that Mike Harrington himself did put out a statement on on the whole scenario, uh, again, pointing to the fact that this was from 2019. Um, The the part that I took issue with, and to your point, Sarah, whereas... we all, it has to be incumbent on us to realize that maybe this video was put out with nefarious purposes, with it being from four years ago. Uh, Mike Harrington, um, who is a noted grump, um, I was around his circles a little bit more when I was in Columbus, but, uh, and I don't know him personally, but we have the very standard, it's not me, it's you, in the apology of, I apologize to anyone who felt I was acting in an inappropriate manner. Um, so, there was no real apology. And it's, I'm sorry if you were offended, always just kind of grinds my gears and that there is something to be learned in this for him too. Shana, what was your take? Yeah, so like this resurfaced because it was another like kids day at the Sabres game and they were on the PA announcer and he was talking shit about it on Twitter. That's right, that's Dean right. Rosa quote tweeted him, like we loved it. And then he deleted the tweet. Um, I, so it like shows who he is a little bit more, you know, like we, I don't know him personally. Um, so there's only so much I can say about him, but from what I do know, he doesn't seem like the most welcoming and inviting person. And I just think that there's a way to handle that. And it wasn't that. And he could say, well, as my job as the chair and this and blah, 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 I don't give a shit. Like you're a person, you can be decent. And that is a kid. And even if you don't have kids of your own, like most people have an ounce of brain cells and can be like, Hey, that is not the way to handle it. Just be like, you you don't have to like get down and fucking hold their hands and like coddle a kid, but you can get down and be like, just give it a second. It, it's, you know, it's really tense over there. Just hang on and, you know, we'll get you to a different scrum or we'll bring you back when you're, when it's a good time. If that's what you're claiming your responsibility is to do, then your responsibility is to handle it like a decent person because me, noted body language expert, I didn't know if you guys know that I had had that in my wheelhouse, but like I do. <laughs> she looked so heartbroken, so dejected, and I like I felt I don't like feelings and I had feelings in that moment watching that video like I my heart just broke for this kid so I hope that if she does pursue a career in hockey um in journalism and this lovely field that we all love oh so much that she fucking comes back and just starts like disrupting shit and showing everyone how it's done and how to be a decent person because it is not that hard so that's all that's all I think when I saw it was just like you it's not hard to 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 handle things like you're the adult handle it like it. Like, I don't know. I, that, that's my, that's my whole shtick. Yeah. I mean, we as journalists have to, are asked to adapt to player moods and to situations in the room. I, I would certainly not disagree with 
this reporter's need to ask tough questions or the intensity of the, the toughest scrum, of but, questions about why your plus minus well, bad, why you're I mean, ruining the team like I the cover. icing on the cake to me. Why are you so bad and why is it the reason this team is so to bad? To risk the lining. Why are you bothering the player? Okay, but my, management? Okay. But my, my point remains that you can ask the tough question and you can ask yes. what you feel you need to ask. But just like you have to be mindful of the player and the game situation and that kind of thing, you also need to be mindful of there's a kid there. And I've worked during kids' games many, many times, and we've had more losses than wins when I was in Columbus, usually on those days. And, uh, you know, it's uh, adapt, be a professional and adapt. And again, we can all learn to take in all of the information, but he can also learn to maybe have handled it differently. All right, my friends. And be it professional is... in his handling of his shoeing. His sh oh, There's a professional okay, yeah. way to shoe someone by not shooing yes, them, by just right. being decent. It was, it was That's large. unprofessional. I have nothing to transition from that. So friends, we're just going to go right into our next segment. Um, unfortunately, it's time for another entry on the shit list. Um, we're just a bunch of angry women today. Look at us. Salty, angry women. We're everyone's favorite stars. Uh, Sorry, it's my fault because you guys keep doing stupid shit. I hate that we have to keep talking about this. Um, but again, we have to talk about what feels like regression in our sport. And that is another team uh, taking away opportunity to celebrate a pride night. Um, and the latest entry is the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Shayna, can you lay out the facts of the situation for us as we know them in terms of pride night for the Wild? The Wild announced they were having Pride Night. The Wild announced they were going to wear Pride jerseys. The Wild went out for pregame warm-ups. No Pride jerseys. While they did complete their other activations they said they were going to do, they did not complete the big one, the most glaring of them all, the jerseys. And why, I don't think we have a reason, concrete, but we can put together the pieces that this year is the year that everybody has decided to pull back on Pride jerseys, whether it's an organizational decision, which I think is what they announced it as, which can mean a million different reasons, um, we're seeing this happen left, right, and sideways because a certain player decided to use his religion for some bullshit reason um, to cover the fact that he didn't want to wear a pride jersey and now everybody feels that they can do it or organizations feel that they can do it and it's bad. And as we talked about last episode, you can have Pride Night and not wear Pride jerseys and do it just fine. Look at the Colorado Avalanche because it was thoughtful. But when you promise to do something and then don't do it, it looks bad and it looks thoughtless. Sarah, what was your take? I know uh, on the flip side, and I wanted to make sure we we mentioned this too, there were organizations like Ottawa, and we talked about Colorado last episode, but even uh, there was a great uh, image of Claude Giroux using pride type to, to tape up his socks, uh, which was awesome. But what is your take on what's happening? Just not just with Minnesota, but to Shana's point across the league, it feels like. Yeah. And to mention players that are doing well, John Merrill invited like 30 to 40 LGBTQ plus uh, people to the game and he threw a puck to a trans woman um and said like puck for trans rights so i think that's he looked her in the eye and gave her the puck and tried a few times so who did this, that stuff who did this? john merrill oh perfect so that's great but i, I want to bring up a few things with the jerseys it is a big deal first of all what if you're the girl the girl i don't know why i said what if you're the person who created the jersey and you're told that the jersey is going to be on the ice Lindsay Imber tweeted, and she did the uh, Ducks Pride jersey. I didn't sleep much before Pride Night in Anaheim because I seriously worried about the backing out issue. I had chills seeing my jersey design worn on on ice in warm-ups and thanked my team for allowing me that joy. 
for committing fully to LGBT acceptance. That's what we need more of. So it matters to all the people that are, are in the Jersey process. It matters to the LGBTQ plus people that bought tickets to this game expecting to see something and then it's not there. It's so not right that these teams advertise this and then don't do it. Like out of principle, that is so messed up. Yeah, and I just want to share, I mean, just again, I think we talked about listening to the voices like Sarah just read to us uh, just to remind folks why this is important. You had um, former NHL player Tom Sestito, uh, who went and may still be going, I don't even know, on a Twitter rant uh, today being Thursday, uh, ranting and raving. And I will read the first of his tweets that started his rant, which is in response to someone talking about uh with the importance of players wearing jerseys for a pride night. This is Tom Sestito. This whole thing has gone way too far. The gender bullshit where you have to know who identifies as what and no pronouns is fucking ridiculous. No one gives a shit what you want to identify as or who you want to be with. Just don't make everyone else play in your fantasy. Uh, and he proceeded to go down that road. And I would like to say this is probably a guy who would be pissed off if we called him a defenseman versus a forward, which again, loosely speaking. Um, but to, to echo Sarah's point too, uh, this really struck home. And I, I spoke with uh, my colleague, JT Brown, a little bit about this today too. His, his partner, Lexi, uh, put this thread out. I came out for the first time when I was 13 and it was very traumatic. I lived in a small town and had no resources to help me navigate my experience. Shit didn't get better until college. And by the time I started to feel comfortable in my skin, I was thrown into being a quote, hockey wife. I felt incredibly out of place and uncomfortable and slipped back into familiar space of quieting myself. I have always noted who participated in Pride Night, who wore the tape, the hat, the jersey, whatever it was. I've always observed because it always deeply mattered to me. People deserve to feel safe, whether it's the players, significant others, staff, or fans. Pride Night is about celebrating that inclusivity. It's about saying, quote, you are safe with me, quote, you are welcome. I'm so disappointed by what is happening this season with the pride jerseys. The only excuse here is homophobia slash transphobia, and that's unacceptable. There's a reason that person is a doctor, my friend. She's brilliant. She always nails it. Shana, any other thoughts on kind of the state of affairs of acceptance in this sport that we cover? This league, I should say specifically this league. I should not say this sport. Yeah, um, that was a really great thread from... Lexi Brown, and she's so smart, and everybody should respect her and appreciate her because it's a voice that everyone should be listening to. Um, and Tom Sestito is not a voice anyone should be listening to. He was a shitty player, and he's a shitty person. And those are not the kind of people anyone needs in this anything. We don't we don't need Tom Sestito's opinions. I didn't need to watch him on the ice, and I definitely don't need to listen to him now. Um, please enjoy your like shitty existence, and don't bring that energy out because you don't like something about the NHL. Like that does not that that does not matter. I don't care if you're Connor McDavid and you speak out. Like you definitely don't get to Tom Sestito. Like please. Oh, I was scrolling Go back to whatever call you crawled out of. Literally, I was scrolling through his Twitter feed after I saw that, and it's just anger about things yeah. that don't have to affect him just anger vitriol just i'm like i guess i'd be that mad too if nothing I... affects you tom i guess i'd be that pissed if i only had 21 career points hey oh hey oh angry man but he had uh, hits and penalty minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess that did it. some damage i hate to even joke about that but you really have to wonder if that did affect his brain because he seems very bent out of shape for no reason. Might I say he's being a snowflake? 
It's it blows my mind the people that would be so quick to always be like, oh, you're such a snowflake, are the ones who are like legitimately the biggest snowflakes. If you not just disagree with them, like they don't, I don't even have to hear their views and be like, no, I disagree. I can just simply exist and live my life, or God forbid, I speak of my own views, and they're like, oh my God, I'm so hurt by it. Like, shut up, shut up, you fucking snowflake. My God. All right, we've given Tom. Tostito much more airtime than he deserved. Let's move on. It's almost as much on. as his NHL career. Wow, 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 wow. Um, <laughs> let's move on, friends, to our hockey talk here. Uh, we wanted to look at, um, again, we talked about how the trade deadline can either make or break a team, and sometimes it goes the way you hope, and sometimes it goes the way you don't hope. Um, but we have some teams that maybe we thought were down and out, uh, surprising and coming up in the mix. Um, Ottawa's been making a big push, but now they're down, a starting goaltender. Uh, but the team, we're going to talk about one team in the East and one team in the West that seems to be doing something that people didn't expect them to do. And let's start in the East uh, with the Islanders. This is a team that made some big deadline moves and people were like, well, that's nice, but there's no way. And now here they are in wild card one. Again, this is going into Thursday's games in the wild card one spot uh, with a point up on the Penguins. Now they do have more games played than anyone else who's currently in an Eastern playoff spot, but they're hanging around even though they've also had some injuries. Shayna, what is going on with the Isles and are they legit? Can they truly make a push and contend or is this going to go back to them outside of the playoff race when the season ends? Okay, let me preface it by saying I was on the vote of like they should sell at the deadline. I was on the vote of they should sell last deadline and better position themselves for the future because I think they've depleted their assets. And while I don't think that necessarily is the wrong answer, I do think this team, they lucked out with other teams losing games. It was like the Penguins losing. And yes, one of those games was to the Islanders and it was the Capitals losing and the Panthers and the Sabres and it totally worked out for them. But what they've done since is what's impressive to me. Like, they're without Barzell, who's one of their best players, obviously. Um, who knew they didn't need him? Wallstrom's injured. That's a good, what should be a good top six winger, but hasn't been used as such. And, like, they're still managing. And it's not just Ilya Sorokin's heroics like it was earlier in the year. Like, at 5-on-5, five five, their play is finally, like, some of the best they've played during the season. Like, they're good offensively. They're good defensively. Their power play, with the addition of Bo Horvat, is, like, popping Finally, that's an area that's been like a weakness for so long. So now that, yes, a couple things have to go in their favor, it does feel like there's some legitimate momentum for them to build up and go to the playoffs. And while do I think they're the best contender? Do I think they need pieces even with a fully healthy roster? Yes. Did I, I like the addition of Horvat stylistically, the contract, the ages, the things like that. I don't, the price. But like when we just talk about what he brings to the fold, I think it's good for the Islanders. When we talk about just what like Pierre Engvall brings to the fold, that's a player with speed and skill instead of the same, let's have 50 guys who can be a net front presence and be good defensively. Like they needed more skill and they got that. So all of that works for them. They're not an easy team, I think, if they do make it to the playoffs to play against. They're a team that if we talk heavy hockey, right, which we know in some cases You can't say maybe, matter. you have to say, are they gonna make it or not? I think they're going to make it. Yes, I think they're going to make it. And I think if they're there, I think it's going to be a tough matchup for anyone. I think Boston could still kick the shit out of them. But I think that they're someone that'll give, they have a goalie you can steal a couple games and they have players who can, you know, put the wear and tear on you that they're not the ideal round one opponent. Even if you get by and say five or six games, I think you're going to be hurting when you walk out of it. Sarah, Isles, playing an 83rd game this season or only 82? 
Slamming the over. Yep, I'm sold on them. And sorry, Islanders fans. It was so funny. I guess my article got cut off a few days ago. And like, <laughs> one word for every team except the Islanders. And you know how their <laughs> fans are. So they were like, oh, of course, the national media is snubbing us again. And I, I played along for once, and then nobody was mad. So sometimes you just have to play along. But I added a very long-winded response. And I just think... Bo Horvat was such an incredible acquisition for them. I think that he's fitting in really well there. And I think it just also goes to show the value of basing your game around strong defense. Like as not sexy as it is sometimes, it's like you can have players go down in the, in the game and the way you play still holds up. Awesome. All right. Well, guess we're in. We believe in you again, Islanders, after we all wrote you off. This is what hockey is fun for. Um, On the flip side, the team that's not having such a great time is the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, This was kind of a last gasp season for them anyway, particularly with um, the presumed departures coming of players like Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's been uh, not at 100% full health, but they are going 2-6-2 in their last 10 games. And this is a team that was on top of the conference, uh, excuse me, on top of the division for a long part of this season. And now they are barely hanging on. They are in the second wild card spot in the West with 75 points in 65 games. They're three points behind the first wild card team, which is Edmonton. And they are six points, excuse me, seven points behind the true conference leaders in Vegas and LA. Uh, Shana, what's going on with Winnipeg? Are they going to slide out of contention or are they going to be able to bounce back and look like the team we thought we saw for the better part of the season so far? I feel like they're going to stay in the mix only because the Flames, as we think, have burned out. Um, although Markstrom has, it appears has a, a couple words about that. And I'm, look, I'm here for him rebounding because the season was tough. It just feels like the gap is a little bit too big for the Flames to actually knock anyone out and who else is going to do it? The Predators sold and the Blues sold. But like, I don't see this team getting back into the divisional ranks. I think they're going to stay in a wild card slot. Like, I didn't have a problem with their deadline per se. I think Nino was a really good ad and for not a lot at all, he should have gone for more. And Nemesikov is a fine depth player to add, but like they lost Cole Perfetti to injury and it just feels like this team never makes a splash ever. And it's like, this was the time to really go for it. And you could have, you have the assets, you have the time, like maximize this year. Um, like you said, with impending departures and then also like Connor Hellenbuck is having a great season. Josh Morrissey has bounced back and, you know, getting away from Paul Maurice apparently is amazing for number one defenseman. Um, but like they legitimately need, I think, a good number two or number three defenseman to slot everyone else appropriately. And the fact that they didn't go for that is, I think, pretty crushing. Um, and it just feels like the Avs, we all count on, even if Landis Cog doesn't come back, to be in the top three in the West. And Minnesota, yes, the Kaprizov injury is going to be concerned, but like the way Philip Gustafson's been playing to like keep that, look at their last 10 games. Like they're, they seem like they're going to be very firm in the one, two, three slots. Like it doesn't look good for the Jets because now if you're out of that, you're probably not catching up to whatever Pacific team is wild card one. Sarah? Yeah, you really Are the Jets it. about to crash? <laughs> Oh, or be grounded. I should say that's less morbid. Are they going to be grounded? <laughs> they don't have an airport anyway. So. They don't have it. I was just going to say to FTC and it is not looking good. No, I'm just kidding. I think they have no shot in the East, but in the West, they can really just bounce back. Like it's, I'm not too worried. I don't know about their odds, like for a long run. I think Shane is right with the defense, but I think they'll squeak into the playoffs. 
Interesting. Interesting. So we have one person on either side. We will see. Allison, what do you think? Do you be the tiebreaker? I don't know. I don't know. Is is PLD back or is he not back? I haven't seen the latest. I know it was a game time decision last game. And he's I didn't getting, see enough. He's getting there. I'm not sure if he played in the game. Yeah. Time, okay. I think if traveling. he, yeah, I think if he can come back, I, then if they can stay healthy and he can come back, then I'll say, see, I don't know the points. Mm. Hold on. I've closed that page. The points the points are tough. Like Well, that's what I'm saying. The Flames steal games. They're so and that's the thing like those games against Dallas and Minnesota that we had talked about the last episode like they were so important for them and the fact so, that they won okay. both games. I will say this. Cuz and covering a team that is obviously in the dogfight that is the West. Um yeah, I actually am going to pick Winnipeg over Calgary. I think that of those two teams, Nashville's not going to do it. I'm going to pick Winnipeg over Calgary. Yes. There you go. That's my decision. Is it a good choice? Who's to say? I don't know. I don't care one way or another. Whoever makes it, makes it. Whoever wants to have a good time, have a good time. A slice of rice. It's all good. All right. My friends, we have a, a little green. We're not having slices of rice. We're having little You didn't say a little green. What did I say? A piece? Okay. I don't even yeah, know. That's a a piece. little piece of rice. A little piece. This is... Well, I'm not slicing up. I, a piece is a green. I'm not slicing a green in half. What am I crazy? Anyway. This is going to be the death of us. Uh, My friends, we end every episode with our very favorite game, and that is Fuck, Marry, Kill. And this episode, in honor of our style ranking queen that I still just laugh and smile every time I see a team or a player mention the style rankings or shout out Sarah to make sure they see the latest player fit, we have a fashion-based Fuck, Mary kill. And Sarah, you get to go first as our style maven. Are you ready? All right. I'm ready. Here we go. Fuck, Mary kill. Number one, players bringing their animals to the rink or adopted animals, like we could, would say the Caps have done numerous times. Two, classic suit fits. Three, casual, more adventurous style choices. What say you? I'm marrying the animals. Like that is just, you know, who is arguing against that? That's just an obvious one. And especially Backstrom with his cat. I thought that was the cutest thing ever. The cat on the leash just walking along. Cat, I just love a little kitty. And I am fucking trying new outfits. I mean, of course, that's that's the obvious one there too. I love what the coyotes have done and what the Leafs did before, I guess, our boy there it is. Marner messed it up. Yep. <laughs> It affected the Leafs a little too much, apparently. But I just love, I know some (laughs) players fight for it. Like Pierre-Luc Dubois has taken fines to wear his streetwear. And streetwear is so in right now that it's like, there's so, it's, I just wish everybody was allowed to wear it. Like when Pasternak signed his contract, he was wearing this great outfit that he couldn't wear during, before a game. So we want more of that. And I'll kill traditional suits. We've seen enough. There it is. Brief to the point. Perfect. Shayna, your choices. I will also kill. I'm going to agree on everything. I think this is the third time straight. I'm just fully agreeing. Um, the suits kill it because it's the, we don't need that to be the only option. I will fuck uh, casual wear because like no one's saying you can't wear a suit. Like you, I would assume right now, like if Henrik Lundqvist was playing and the team's like, hey, we're, I can tell you for a fact, when the team had to wear their fucking Reebok sweatsuits and that was a thing they had to do, he lost a game wearing one that he went back to wearing his suit because that was his routine and that's what he wanted. If a player wants to wear a suit, by all means, have a great time. Um, and if you don't want to, by all means, 
have a great time and don't and let's see a little bit of personality will it be boring if everyone shows up in a sweatsuit sure but like if you want to be comfortable before you throw yourself into a game go be comfortable i'm wearing sweatpants right now like have a nice time wearing sweatpants who fucking cares um but i think it's the best way to see a little more individuality if we have bigger bounds um so sure and of course i'm gonna marry the pets because i mean who among us wants like i bring my dogs wherever i can um when I had one dog only, I would bring Zook literally everywhere, and I didn't care what my outfit looked like because she was the star of the show. And if you wear something nice and it's covered in dog hair, who cares? Because here is that cute dog, and it brings good vibes. And it makes my day bringing my dog around, and I'm sure it makes their day bringing their pets around. So pets for everybody. All right. Well, I am going to also marry pets because you can't not marry pets. It's literally like a rule of life. Um, what happens to their pets when they bring them in? Does, do they have babysitters for the pets? Are the are there? Well, I bet they have. Babysitter? I bet they have caregivers. I, we, I've seen like the uh, the Kraken um, partners brought have brought their animals to a game, and so they were with the partners. And I, I'm sure they had like a room set aside or something like that. Um, I'm going to marry that. Dogs in the press box. Here's, it's it's my turn. Let her speak. <laughs> I'm going to um, see. This is hard because I actually like a suit. I like some of the interpretations that like I like a creative suit, but I don't want to kill the casual choices. So I'm going to. Uh, OK, fine. I'll do the same as everybody just because I can't kill casual. It's easier to kill suit, but I do enjoy a creative, well-tailored Euro suit look and i'm enjoying the hat choices that a lot of players are making update that's what i'm going to say I like nice that. job right. we did it <laughs> all right well my friends that fuck Mary kill came to you courtesy of our follower and listener meeks which is a reminder to all of you not only to follow us on the socials at two underscore much underscore man on both instagram and twitter but also to let us know what you want to hear us talk about do you want to submit a fuck Mary kill uh, category we'd love to hear from you so use us follow us on social and be sure to check out our links on both of our social profiles where you can find more about our podcast, our website, and of course that sweet, sweet, sweet Too Many Men merch with the ever-appropriate St. Patty's, but every day's themed Bido News t-shirts. And of course, it is International Women's Month and Day, but we ask you in observance of this month, but in observance of all of the wonderful people who make up this awesome hockey world to do something big or small, to make sure that hockey truly is for everyone. We will talk to you soon. Love you. Oh, bye. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.